0: We started talking last Sunday about honor in the house, about honoring the house of the Lord. How do we honor God's house? And uh, last Sunday, we, we said really that the house of the Lord, the house of God, God's house is really God's people inhabited by God's presence. That is the house of the Lord. And so to honor God's house or to honor the house of the Lord, number one, we have to honor God's people. And that's what we talked about last Sunday. How do we honor God's people? We talked about the fact that God's people need to honor God's leaders. God's leaders need to honor God's people. And God's people need to honor one another or each other. So as we honor the people of God, we honor the house of the Lord. And we concluded by uh, sharing a few thoughts on the importance of honor, honoring God's people. We said that love follows honor. When you honor somebody, then you're able to love them. When you honor them, you're able to love them. We also said last Sunday that you can only receive through someone you honor. Because you honor them, you're able to receive from them or through them. And we said that your honor of someone qualifies you to receive their spiritual blessing. When you honor somebody, you can then receive their spiritual blessing. The blessing which they bring into our lives. This morning, I want to talk about the second aspect of honoring God's house, which is honoring the presence of God. If we want to honor God's house, the house of the Lord, you and I must learn to honor the presence of God. The question is, how do we honor God's presence? There are different levels or varying degrees of the presence of God. For instance, God is omnipresent, which means He's present everywhere. That's one level of the presence of God. So even the unsaved person can say, I'm in God's presence. And in one sense, it's true because nobody can escape from the presence of God. God, he's present everywhere. He's omnipresent. But then there are other levels of the presence of God. The presence of God, for instance, within a believer. It's a totally different dimension. It's a different level. Each one of us are temples of the living God, as the Bible teaches us. So you are a house of God and the presence of God is in you. And you and I as individuals must learn to honor the presence of God that's within us as believers. That's why the Bible says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. Don't quench the Holy Spirit who's in you. Because you are the temple of the living God. So we honor God's presence that we carry. But then there is also the corporate dimension of God's presence. Jesus said, when two of you are gathered together in my name, I am there. That's another dimension of his presence where two or more are gathered in his name, his presence is there. So when we talk about honoring God's house by honoring his presence, there is the personal level where we honor God's presence, that which you and I carry as believers There is also the corporate dimension when the presence of God, when God's people gather together corporately and He is in our midst. He is present here. We must learn to honor the presence of God. So this morning, very quickly, I want to share with us some thoughts here on, on how do we honor God's presence. Just some thoughts. It's not a complete study here on honoring God's presence. But I want us to understand a few things here. You know, we must learn to flow with the focus of His presence. In the same Bible, there are times when God says, be quiet, and there are times when God says, shout. For instance, in Habakkuk chapter 2, and verse 20, the Bible says, The Lord is in His holy temple, that all the earth keeps silent before Him. So sometimes you and I being silent is our expression of honor to the presence of God. But He doesn't say be silent all the time. Because the same Bible says in Psalm 40, 47, for instance, uh, if you just read the entire Psalm, and I'll just read that out to you very quickly, Psalm 47, it says, O oh, clap your hands, all you peoples, shout to God with a voice of triumph. For the Lord Most High is awesome. He's a great king over all the earth. He will subdue the peoples under us and the nations under our feet. He will choose our inhabitants for us, the excellence of Jacob, whom he loves. Verse 5, God has gone up with a shout. The Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our King. Sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing praises with understanding. Interestingly, in verse 1, when it says, shout to God with a voice of triumph, the Hebrew word there figuratively speaks of splitting the ears. Meaning it's not a little whisper. Hallelujah. It's shouting in such a way, it's like splitting your ears. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. And again in verse 5, when that word says, God has gone up. God ascends. He, he rises up to the high place with a shout. There, it, it, The Hebrew there uh, uh, talks about an acclamation of joy. It's a battle cry. Now you don't find people... You know, we don't find, I mean, we don't, we don't normally, I mean, we are not engaged in battle ourselves. But, uh, you know, I can imagine when people are going out to battle and they're lifting up a battle cry. It's not like, enemy, here we come. <laughs> it's going to be loud. It's going to be aggressive. There is something very, very vibrant about that kind of a shout. And that's what the Bible is saying in verse 5. God has gone up with a shout. So the same Bible that tells us, be silent Also says, shout to the Lord. So what? it it appears that there are times when God wants us to be still and know that I am God. Then there are times when God desires for us to shout for joy because He is Lord over everything. There are times when God wants us to lift up His high praises so that we can execute vengeance on the enemies. There are times when God desires to be lost in intimate worship. The point I want to get across is this. If you and I want to honor the presence of God, we must flow with the focus of His presence. What does God want us to do at that moment? Are you all with me? So there may be times when God is calling us all to shout. And you say, well, I am a dignified Methodist. I do not shout. Too bad. The Bible says shout for joy. See I have been am a reformed methodist. Nothing wrong with methodists. I was I was raised up a methodist. In the methodist church if anybody lifted their hands, everybody will turn and look. What's wrong with that guy, you know? The point I want to say is this, whatever God is doing, we must flow with it and that is our way of honoring the presence of God. Very simple. But for many of us, it's very difficult to do because we are very methodical in our ways. Or we are so set to the format, it's 11.15, time for the sermon. Why isn't he? Maybe he didn't prepare enough today. You know, we get so set in our, our way of doing things when God wants to do something different. We don't want to go with God. We want God to come with us. And that is dishonoring His presence. To honor His presence is to follow Him. Are you with me? So if God says, this morning, I want you to spend the two hours in worship, we worship. It's our expression of honor to the presence of God. Otherwise, you say, God, you are attending all people's church. And God, because you've come to all people's church, in our church, we have time for video announcements. And we have a time for offering. And then we have a time for communion. So God, if you want to join us here, you follow our format. Now, many of us like to do church like that. But I want to tell you, that is not honoring the presence of God. To honor the presence of God is to put God first. What is the focus? That at times he says, be still. Just know that I'm God. So we all pause. We are in that sailor moment. And we're still, and then someone's wondering, why isn't the guitar playing anything now? Because at that moment, God wants us to be still and know that He is God. It's a Sela moment. You go with that. Amen. And then there are times when God just moves upon us, there's a stirring inside of us, and He says, I want you to shout. You know, we are strange people because we don't shout in church. But just watch you when you're sitting in front of the television today. I mean, where does all that sound come from? But in church, you don't shout. Come on. The Bible says, God has gone up with a shout. God has lifted up when, when we proclaim His greatness with all our strength. Amen. So let's learn to honor the presence of God by just going with what He wants done at any given moment. Another important way of honoring the presence of God, whether personally or corporately, is that our expressions of worship must be heartfelt and spirit-led rather than being fleshly or religious. You know, many of us get into a very religious, very fleshly way of worshiping God. And God is not impressed by it, let me just tell you that. So what do you mean? I am the only one in all people 's church who left my slippers outside when I came in, so God must be very happy with me. Who cares? he 's not looking at your fleshly outward expressions or forms of worship, but he 's looking for heartfelt, spirit-led worship. In Matthew 15, and you could look this up in Matthew 15, Jesus rebukes the Pharisees, um, in verses one through nine, he says, "You know, you people. You draw near to me with your lips and with your words, but your heart is far away from me. So many times we can pretend to draw near to God with fleshly forms of worship. You know, I'm doing this right. I'm doing that right. And these are outward expressions, but really God's not interested in it. He's interested if your heart honors God. Amen? That's what He wants. Are you honoring Him inside you? Is your Inner being filled with awe and reverence and love and adoration of God. Now, we charismatics are very automatic. The moment the worship starts, you know, we start doing this, you know. You know, our hands, you know, beat and our feet dancing. It's very automatic. And you think you're worshiping God. But probably you're not. It's just an automatic reaction. God's not impressed of how lovely you clap or how nice you dance. He's looking at your heart. So that's the other side of things. Are you with me? So it's not the fleshly expression, you know, things that we have been programmed to, you know, whatever, whatever background you come from. It's the heart that matters. Jesus said, "The Father is looking for those who worship Him in spirit and in truth," meaning. Out of the depths of their heart and with all sincerity is what he's looking for. That's the kind of worship God wants. So, how do I honor the presence of God? It's not by things that I do as an automatic reaction, it's things that I do that come out of my innermost being in response to his presence. Amen. Matthew 17 is a very interesting. Uh, uh, sit, uh, illustration or situation uh, in the life of uh, Jesus' disciples. In Matthew 17, 1-9, I'll quickly just uh, narrate the story to you. Jesus takes three of his closest disciples, Peter, James and John. They go up into this high mountain, we just know it as the Mount of Transfiguration. And then he is going to give them a very special treat to the glory of God. Just these three of his disciples. And so there they are, Peter, James and John and And suddenly, right before their eyes, and I I do not know what they felt. I do not know how strange this whole situation, this whole moment was for Peter, James, and John. But right in front of their eyes, they saw Jesus transfigured. And they saw Moses and Elijah just come right before them. It was an awesome moment. I mean, what would you have done if you were up on this mountain? And right before your eyes, the glory of God came. And you could see Jesus in in some of his glory. And here you saw Moses and you saw Elijah and, and he saw this, right? What would you have done? It's very strange to observe Peter's response. Peter is like one of us, very, very religious. He immediately starts thinking about my order of service. What am I trained to do? He says, Lord, it is good for us now to build three tabernacles. One for Moses, one for you, one for Elijah. I mean, let's do something very religious at this moment. Because all God wanted him or them to do was enjoy his presence. Do you think God took them up all the way to the mountain Gave them this great experience so that they could build three tabernacles? I can say with all confidence that was not what God intended. But Peter responds like many of us. Let's do something religious. I mean, God's presence is here. Let's get into a religious mode and and do something. When all he wants is enjoy that encounter he's giving you. So the point is this. How do we honor the presence of God? Not by responding with our religious and fleshly ideas. But by just going with what God wants us to do. And just learning to enjoy Him at that moment. Are you with me? See, many times as we uh, come together corporately, maybe even in your own personal time. The presence of God invades your pr- your room where you're reading your Bible or or, 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 or uh, uh, maybe when we hear here corporately, the presence of God comes in. And we, we know to honor the house of God is to honor the presence of God. And when the presence of God comes, many of us feel like pushing our religious buttons. And of course, our religious buttons could vary. If you're from a Pentecostal charismatic background, your religious button might kick in and say, let me clap hands, make a lot of noise and disturb everybody. But maybe God doesn't want you to do that. He just wants you to be still and enjoy the moment. Enjoy His presence. But you say, no, no, no. Until I clap my hands loudly and speak loudly in tongues. We are so programmed that until we clap our hands and shout loudly. uh, That's the only way we know how to recognize the presence of God. That's your religious mindset working. Are you with me? You know, I'm not against any of these people. I'm Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, all put together in one. Okay? So, don't get upset with me. I'm just saying that many times instead of honoring the presence of God we want to do our religious thing and God's not impressed with it all he wants you to do is to go with him, enjoy him forget about your tabernacles forget about your fleshly responses, forget about your order of service, forget about what you feel must be done just focus on God honor his presence Another aspect of honoring the presence of God is to have correct heart attitudes. And there are several things we can just mention here. When we talk about correct heart attitudes and honor God's presence, we're talking about reverence. There has to be reverence in our hearts in response to the presence of God. There you are know, many times I, uh, I wonder, I said, you know, sometimes the presence of God is here and, and this does not hurt anyone, but People don't even want to reference the presence of God. I'm saying, in my mind, would you do the same thing if you are sitting with the prime minister of India? Or would you do the same thing if you're sitting in the same room with the president of India or some big person? No, you wouldn't. Why? Because you respect that person. But how come? When we are in the house of the Lord, when you gather together and we are saying the presence of God is here, how come you're doing this? Are you getting my drift? Do you want me to be a little bit more specific? You have said reverence for the presence of God. That's a hard attitude because you have respect for God's presence. What you do expresses that reverence. So what you do not do expresses that reverence. Thankfulness, being thankful to God, giving glory to God, being walking in humility and uh, being entirely given to what's happening. Worshiping God with your whole being rather than half-hearted, you know. Oh man, today the worship is so long. Let them go. I'll just... I mean, so being half-hearted about it, giving yourself fully to it. All these hard attitudes are expressions of our honor of the presence of God. And God looks for these things. He looks for the heart. And finally, I just want to close with this thought here on how we honor the presence of God. That we bring to God pure offerings. The book of Malachi, and I've been sitting on it for quite some time. It's a very interesting book because this book was written somewhere around 500 BC. Right after the time, the Jewish people came out of their Babylonian captivity and God had called them to go back to Jerusalem. He worked through a Persian king Cyrus who issued a decree saying, you know, I want all the Jewish people to go back to your own city and rebuild your own city and so on. Now you would imagine, you would think that all the Jewish people would go back, but that's not what happened. Unfortunately, only a few people decided to actually relocate out of, their, out of Babylon and Assyria and relocate back into Jerusalem. Only a few. Most of them had already become comfortable living in foreign lands. And so the Bible says only a remnant... Returned to Jerusalem. And that's the book of Ezra and Nehemiah. But written during that time. Zechariah and Haggai. were written during that time. Talking about the few Jewish people who decided to go back to Jerusalem. To see the city rebuilt and rebuild the walls of that city. And Malachi is bringing a message to the remnant Jews. You know, you and I would think that God would be so impressed. By these Jewish people who decided to go back. Wow said, you know, you guys are really great. You're better than all the others who are still staying in Babylon. You guys are really great. I mean, you've gone back to Jerusalem. But that's not what you find in the book of Malachi. The book of Malachi is so strong. To speaking to the remnant Jews. Here's what he says. And I want us to just look at a couple of verses from the book of Malachi. Malachi chapter 1 verse 6. He says, a son honors his father and a servant his master. If I then am the father, there is my honor? If I am a master, where is my reverence? Says the Lord of hosts. To you priests who despise my name. Yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? You offer defiled food on my altar. But say, in what way have we defiled you? And he goes on. He says, but by saying the table of the Lord is contemptible. And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? When you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it then to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you favorably? Says the Lord of hosts. So what's happening is, these Jews have returned to Jerusalem and they've actually begun to, you know, reinstitute their worship of God. But then God finds something wrong in all of that. He says, You are bringing to me your second best." When you come make an offering to worship me, you're bringing all the cattle that are sick and lame and diseased. But you're keeping the good ones for yourself and pretending you don't have good ones to offer me. And God says, I want you to bring me your best. That's the message of chapter one. I want you to give me your best. Don't bring to me what is diseased and lame and and damaged as an offering. So, how do we honor the presence of God by giving Him our best? God wants our best. In chapter two, He challenges the priests. The priests again get back to doing their worship, but He says, "You know, I'm not too impressed." Why? Because the priests are not living holy and obedient lives. So He says, "It's not enough to come and do the, rich, the things that are that you're supposed to do, the rituals." I want you to live holy and obedient lives. That's chapter 2. And then in chapter 3, he says, I will sit as a refiner and purify you so that you can offer to me an offering in righteousness. And let me just read that before I close. In chapter 3 of Malachi, verses 2, 3, and 4, he says, He is like a refiner's fire, like launderer's soap, He will sit as a refiner and a a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi, that's the priests. And purge them as gold and silver. That they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasant to the Lord. As in the days of old, as in former years. So he's saying, look, I will sit as a refiner. I will purify these priests. So that when they offer up something to me, it will be an offering of righteousness. So how do I honor the presence of God? When I come and bring an offering to the Lord, I must give Him my best. I must offer it to to Him from a life of holiness and purity. Are you with me? God's not impressed with what I do up on stage. Because I am the house of the Lord. You are the house of the Lord. You are a temple of God. I am a temple of God. He says, I want my, the sons of Levi, I want my priests to walk in holiness and righteousness so that they can offer to me pure offerings. They can offer to me an offering of righteousness. I honor God's presence by making sure that I stand refined and purified before God. So when I bring Him an offering, it's an offering of righteousness. Amen. As a church, I want to invite us to honor the house of the Lord by learning to honor the presence of God. Put the presence of God more important than our order of service and our format and way of doing things and all that. No, God's presence is more important to us than anything else. Amen. So what if pastor doesn't preach a message? So what if, you know, uh, this doesn't happen, that doesn't happen. We didn't see the video announcements today. So what? More than all of that, is the presence of God. We as a people must learn to honor His presence. Go with what He wants done at any moment. Let's lay aside our religious mindsets, even our own fleshly mindsets, and perceive His presence with sincerity and out of our innermost beings. Let's have hard attitudes That truly reference the presence of God. Thankfulness and gratitude and humility. He says, you know, he he draws near to those who are humble. He's close to those who are of a broken and a contrite heart. All these things attract the presence of God. And then, let's make sure that we offer to him an offering in righteousness. Amen. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.